this episode is brought to you by my free What's Working Guide. If you want to download some tips on what is working right now in 2022 from both myself and other real-life indoor playground owners who are currently working to launch or grow their business, head to michellecaruana.com slash what's working or simply click the link in the show notes or episode description. You'll get the free tips delivered right to your inbox. Download my What's Working Guide right now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Hi, Playmakers. Now, I know I don't do this too often, but I do have another clip of a recent guest expert interview that I did exclusively for my Playmaker Society members. But I really wanted to share this particular clip with you today because one of the most common things that constantly comes up, and I mean daily, inside of my Playmaker Society membership is how to attract hire and retain employees, especially Gen Z. And I'm speaking with someone in this clip who is an expert in just that. So I want you to listen to this clip of the guest expert training that you can unlock if you register for Playmaker Society today. The link is in the show notes. But in this clip, I talk with Michelle about what to put in a job posting, what not to put in a job posting, what Gen Z and other entry-level employees value most right now in a job. We talk about how to stand out against big box companies like Amazon who are paying well above minimum wage and who are providing perks and incentives to their new employees like huge sign-on bonuses and remote work opportunities that we as small local business owners just can't compete with, at least not on an apples to apples basis. So in this clip of the guest expert interview, Michelle gives us some really practical and really inventive and creative ways to do just that, attract, hire, and retain our employees. So if you find these tips helpful, the best way you can show support for me or for the show is to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. And if you want to learn more about Michelle and if you want her free guide all about reducing turnover in your small local business, head to the show notes. All of Michelle's information is linked, her Instagram, her website, her free guide, all that good stuff. And if you'd like to join Playmaker Society and unlock the full guest expert interview, plus the last three years of monthly guest expert interviews. Everything is waiting for you right in the show notes. All right, let's hear about how to attract, hire, and retain employees. I wanted to kind of start this conversation with probably the most common question that I hear from my members, because a lot of us owning local retail businesses, we work a lot with people who are in a younger generation than us. So the hot button question that everyone wants to know right now is what does Gen Z value most in a job? How can we attract them and things like that? So you just want to kind of um, get started there. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic question. And like you said, really applicable for today's world. I remember a few years ago, um, 
I believe it was after one of the midterm elections, I saw a great meme online that said something to the effect of, do you think we should be electing more millennials to Congress? And the subtext on the meme was, given my understanding of linear time, I'm not sure what the alternative is. And I loved that because, you know, we have these conversations about should we or should we not uh, hire these types of employees or target them in our recruitment efforts. And truly, we have no option. You know, Gen Z is our future. And so it's so vitally important to know what they value. And, you know, there are things that are that overlap with the millennial and even older generations, things like work, work life balance, things like financial security. Um, flexibility is one that Gen Z really, really values. And I would say that the millennial generation really kicked off the desire for flexibility, but Gen Z now entering the workforce around this time of COVID and having these work from home experiences, flexibility is really important to them. But I wanna give you the two things that I feel are most important for Gen Z. And the first one is this idea of personhood. Ever since the inception of the industrial revolution, we have been on this track to considering employees as people as opposed to products. You know, back in the day, a company would have sent 40 miners into a coal mine and 38 would come up and the leadership of that company would just send in the next two in line. You know, people really weren't valued for who they are as individuals. And every generation after that has, has really started slowly to embrace that idea of personhood. We had unionization, we have child labor laws now, but Gen Z is at the peak of this. They really not only want to be recognized as people and as individuals outside of their jobs, they expect to be recognized as people outside of their jobs. Um, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing for employers. You know, let me give you an example of a Gen Z, let's call him Jack. So Jack has just graduated from high school. Maybe you own an ice cream shop and you have hired Jack to come in and scoop ice cream over the summer. And you could just see Jack as an employee who you need to work behind the counter for an eight hour shift. Or you could get to know Jack as a person and you as an employer could find things out about Jack. Like let's say Jack is really passionate about graphic design and in his spare time, he's applying to graphic design programs. Well, you as the employer, can not only create loyalty within your employee base, within Jack himself, by talking to him about these hopes and dreams of his, but you can also use that to your advantage as a small business owner. You know, we're always trying to cut costs. We're always trying to make sure that we are staying in the black. You know, maybe Jack has a strength like graphic design. Maybe you can use him to design your next event flyer or refresh your company logo. And this has this dual benefit of giving this Gen Z employee something that he's really passionate about and that recognition that he's looking for as a person. And it also gives you as a small business owner this benefit that you may not have even known you were getting when you hired this Gen Z employee. 
So that's the first thing I think that's really, really important for small business owners to recognize in their Gen Z employee pool is this idea and value in personhood. And the second thing is their focus on values. So Gen Z is so social justice driven. They're politically involved. They know all the information they could possibly know about hot button topics. They are so connected and active in today's world. And that's not to say that you need an entire page on your website where you list out all the hot button topics and your company's particular stance on that. But let's say you're a business owner who owns a small coffee shop and you personally really believe in conservation and you have a compostable coffee cup that you serve your client, your customers with. Well, maybe you put that in your job description. Maybe you use that as a way to entice Gen Z employees. They see that you have this value and that you are also active within the um, sort of broader world of today. And that's really appealing to Gen Z employees. I love that. And it also speaks to a dual benefit because not only are you attracting people who are passionate about the same issues, but it's going to, um, it's going to be great for the owner because again, the shared value. So it's not just good for the for the employee, it's also great for the employer to have that shared value. So I love that. Absolutely. So something that you mentioned a few minutes ago, I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper on. So you mentioned mentioning things in job descriptions, such as Mm -hmm. your maybe values or something like that. What are some other things that we might want to be including in job postings and things like that to attract quality Gen Z employees, because I think a lot of owners will just jot down a couple of things without really thinking about it, throw it up on Indeed or on Facebook and mm-hmm. they're crickets and they're not really sure what the problem is, or maybe they're just attracting employees that aren't a great fit. So what are some other things that we might want to include on those job postings to make sure we actually get applicants that are a good fit? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. I'm so glad you asked that because I think there really has to be a shift in understanding about the role of the job description. You know, even as recently as a decade ago, uh, job descriptions were seen as this, you know, I have this job and you want this job and I'm going to list out these 10 things that the person I hire is going to be responsible for. And there has been a huge transformation in mindset recently where all of a sudden it's not the employer who's putting together the job description, who has something that all of these people are competing for. All of a sudden you are the product, your job is the product. And that job description is your marketing tool for that product. You have all of these employees out here who you want to apply for your job. And you need to use that job description as a marketing tool to try to attract the employees that you want to purchase your job or apply for your job. And so the types of things that you really want to emphasize are things that you know are important to your ideal employee. So just like we think about marketing to our target audience, you have to think about who is your ideal employee. 
Do you want to hire somebody who is only going to need to work part-time, come in in the evenings? You know, you need a high school student after school to scoop ice cream. Well, the things that they desire are going to be completely different than if you need to hire an accountant to work full-time to uh, keep your books in order, you know, or somebody to do your taxes every year. And so you need to really first think about who you're trying to attract and again, use that job description as a marketing tool. So the answer to what you put in the job description is really going to be dependent on the type of employer you're trying to attract. Um, but let me talk a little bit about some of the things that you could put into a job description. You know, I know a lot of small business owners really struggle with salary because, you know, you don't always have the salary the financial um, ability to have a really competitive salary or even to offer salaries much above minimum wage. Well, there are things you can put in that job description to attract high quality talent without having to max out your salary budget. So for example, something like paid educational opportunities, and this could be educational reimbursement or something like an educational stipend, which is actually my personal preference because I think it gives the employee more freedom. So, you know, let's talk about an educational stipend. You could either reimburse an individual a certain amount of money for taking a course that is specific to your job. Or you could say, listen, I'm going to give you $1,000 a year, which is much less than you would be paying if you increased their salary, but I'm going to give you $1,000 a year to use towards any kind of professional or educational development that you choose. And so maybe somebody in your ice cream parlor is an artist on the side and they wanna take art classes at night and you have just enabled them to do that. And if you put that in your job description, you have already enticed an employee that may have otherwise said, I don't wanna work in an ice cream parlor. That's, I'm an artist, that's not my goal. So educational stipends and reimbursement are great things to put in your job description um, and in your job posting. Uh, things like remote and hybrid work, though I know a lot of brick and mortar stores aren't going to have that option. Um, transportation and com commuter stipends are also really helpful. So particularly with Gen Z, you know, they're not always going to have transportation of their own. A lot of them are living in big cities. They're going to be taking public transportation. And so giving them some kind of transportation stipend to help them get into work every day can be really appealing. And if you're not in an area where mass transit is readily available, you could give them a $50 a month gas card. Gas is astronomically expensive right now, as we all know. $50 a month probably isn't even going to fill up their car but it's also not going to be a huge financial hardship on a small business owner. And it's the kind of thing you can offer an employee that again, speaks to that personhood. I recognize that you're spending money just to get into work. And I'm going to offer this to you to try to just slightly lessen that burden on you as an individual. And that is highly appealing to Gen Z employees. I love that. And I was just like furiously trying to find this other example that I heard and I actually found it. So very similar to the educational stipend, I was listening to a podcast recently and it was actually Ashley Flowers from the Crime Junkie podcast. Mm -hmm. 
she was on Amy Porterfield's podcast. And she said something really interesting about how she hires people and something that she uses to incentivize people to apply. And she does something similar to that educational stipend, but she gives her employees, she didn't give like a dollar amount, but she said she gives every employee a set amount to donate to charitable causes each year. Love that. Love that. To the personhood and the values, both. Exactly. I love that idea too. So, and she, something that I love that she does is she also recognizes her employees when they choose their donation. So on Mm -hmm. all of her social media platforms, she introduces the employee, she shares the cause that that employee chose to donate to, and she allows them to kind of use their own voice on their social platform to share why they chose that organization, how they're passionate about that particular issue, and also shares a link for other people if they kind of want to also donate. So I love the both the educational stipend idea and this idea of a set donation amount. That is such a great example. Uh, similar to that, a paid volunteer day off. I worked with a couple of companies that offer one day a quarter where the entire company is closed, you know, and it's a work day, not a weekend. All the employees get paid but it's an opportunity for that employee to go volunteer at their organization of choice. And I love that idea. All right. Well, that does it for this clip of the guest expert training that I did with Michelle Dillinger, the expert in how to attract, hire, and retain the best employees in your small local business. So again, all of Michelle's information, her free guide is all linked in the show notes, as well as all my indoor play business courses and resources and my membership. Everything is all linked in the show notes. And again, thank you for listening. The best way that you can show support for the show is to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. I appreciate it so, so much. All right. I will see you right back here on Friday Playmakers. Have a great day.